If you're listening on podcasts, be sure to tune in to our YouTube channel on YouTube at Wild and Weird WV. Welcome to Wild and Weird Radio, a Wild and Weird West Virginia podcast. Welcome back to Wild and Weird Radio, everybody. Thank you for joining us once again for your regular scheduled program. This is uh, us back in order. All three of us here in the house tonight. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good. I'm good. Good, good. I we don't have too much to complain about this week. And if I did, I'd have to pay somebody to listen. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll spare you guys that much. But day. remember, go ahead and mash that like button. And don't forget to share this show with your friends. Tell everybody you know about it. Uh, it, it we're growing at a fantastic rate. The community oh, yeah. is fantastic that has been uh, built up around this show. And don't forget to join us every Thursday 8 p.m. Eastern for our live Wild and Weird Radio. It's an absolute ball. Everybody oh, has a blast. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. We've had uh, you know a, a couple of really uh, really good episodes over there. You might have heard about of late. Uh, now they've been really good. Uh, we had some great people. They've they've uh, they've had a good time. And I don't know. I, I just think those just keep getting better and better every week. That's what I think. Um, Everybody well, seemed to really enjoy the time travel episode. Yeah, the uh-huh. time travel episode was good. We had one person who couldn't stand the time travel episode and had to really, unsubs- yeah, I had to unsubscribe from us. Oh, bummer! I know, I know. They didn't believe Mike's story and basically called him uh, a liar. And uh, to which I said, "Well, you know, we're not here to make you believe anything, so I'm sorry." Yeah. But we're not. Uh, so let's go ahead and preface uh, that right now real quick for those who are just first-time listeners. Uh, everything you hear tonight is just going to be us throwing a bunch of data on the table. We didn't write the data. No, we uh, will speculate, but yeah. we'll preface when we start speculating. You'll know when we start speculating. But um, no, what we're going to throw out there is just going to be the data, and you're free to believe that or not. It doesn't matter. Um, we don't have an agenda. Uh, our agenda is called the truth, and yeah. that's both sides of the truth. Because somewhere in the middle of that, you know, is is where you're going to find the actual proof of what you're looking for. Uh, because a lot of the stuff, as I've said multiple times, is just a massive lie sandwich, right? Oh, absolutely, and it has been for generations at this point. Yeah, you know that's not, that's the. And it, it goes for the UFO community, the paranormal community, the cryptozoological community. Um, there's so many sources of disinformation out there. A couple of weeks back, you got to hear our uh, cryptozoology versus everything episode. That was a and, good episode. That was and a that really was, good episode. That was a fantastic episode. You know what? Very I'm going to well link received. to that right now. I'm going to link to that right now. Uh, you just go up and click that little thing up over there in the corner and you'll be able to take, you'll go watch that. It'll be good. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. It was a very well received episode. 
this time. But the first time we did that episode three years ago, you would have thought we just flipped tables and everybody was crying. I don't remember but, much from that episode. Oh, it's people coming up to us at the shows saying, well, I, I don't know, I, that rake oh, yeah. thing, I'm, that rake, I'm yeah. into that rake, I'm into the... Well, that's cool. You, know, you, can be, you can be into that. That's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. But that's all it is. It's fun. It's entertainment. It's entertainment. Creepy pasta exactly. is just entertainment. Yeah, it's fun. And there's nothing wrong with having fun. There really isn't. It's when you get into the uh, people who want to portray these things as 100% accurate. Yeah. That's when it right. gets a little yeah. tricky. It's when things get a little squirrely and then they start to take on a life of their own. And then other people are like, yeah, I've seen that too. And, and mm-hmm. you might have seen mm-hmm. something. We're not we're not saying that you didn't have an experience. Mm-hmm. But did it, you it, experience what you think it's you It's like those people who tell us that there's a third host that we have. It's Brandon or something. <laughs> and every now and again, I swear, I think I see it. I really do. I mean, it's... See, I thought I heard it right there like, for a second. Like today? Today he's here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's, he's actually here, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon's I'm here. Brandon, say something. The radio people can't see you. Hello, everybody. Oh, oh listen to that sultry voice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where we go. <sighs> that's where he so, goes. Okay. Uh, well, uh, we don't have much in the news this week, so I say we spare everybody the news uh, segment. What do you think? That's fine. We can spare the news segment. Let's. Uh, but there let's, was one announcement worth mentioning. Well, I think, that does, on, I think there deserves a news role. That deserves okay, a news let's role. give it the news role. The abridged version. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this year at CryptidCon in Lexington, Kentucky, the very first guest on the docket is... Mr. Giorgio Suclos. Mm. Trust me, you're you're gonna want to come hang out. Um, Giorgio. We've we've met the guy. He's one of the coolest people on the planet. Definitely go go meet him. Yeah, he's and a cool guy. We're gonna be there and we're gonna have, you know we're gonna have ancient aliens type merch. Stuff oh, this is gonna be alien theory and whatnot. You've you've seen our ancient alien stuff for the yeah. past few years. But you have not seen the degree of ancient alien merchandise that will be on this table. Because the entire the this entire year's epic. production scale has been changed. At this, this is going to be epic. Epic, epic, oh. epic. We've already, we, epic. I've scrapped three projects that I was going to do and changed them. And now, now it's, it's UFOs. It's all going to be epic. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, and oh, then no, okay, yeah. Me. There's there's one more news. <laughs> look at some little demon. Oh, look look at him. He's naturally Check it, dude. That's what they do. <laughs> look, look. Yeah, everybody who's listening, you just you have to go to YouTube for at least a few seconds to see this. Up here, shoulder. There he is. Oh, that's that's creepy. Yeah, I like it. It's cool, right? <laughs> Well, you know what might be able to help you see that, guys? If you go and sign up right now for Elon Musk's Neuralink, oh. you can have this chip installed in your brain and immediately start reciting, assimilate, assimilate. We are one. Even my little alien friend says that's a bad idea. So <laughs> I wouldn't do that. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's a bad idea. But other than that, isn't it kind of eerily quiet in the news right now? A little bit. Considering the last, I don't know, three months of our news segment lasting almost 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it was pretty much all, you know, about this little guy. Uh, I mean, just like Tony was saying, it was it was pancakes and UFOs all the way down. That is just you're having too much fun with this. I like this little <laughs> thing. He's cool. I didn't. That know is indeed. That, that is really cool. That is his green screen right now. I didn't know that he would, you know, turn out to represent all the uh, little. Uh, what do they call those things? Glim- Owls. Glimmer. No. Well, yeah. Glimmer man. <laughs> is it like the Glimmer yeah. man effect? Kind of like. Yeah, it is. It really right? is. Here's a good example, guys, of what they're talking about when they say that. So he just kind of walks through. Okay. That's enough playing with that thing. <laughs> <clears throat> I had too much fun with that. It was fun. Oh, man. All right. I think that wraps up our news segment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was a great. That was good. News. Yeah. abridged yep (laughs) that's right all right guys tonight's episode is um a really interesting one it's one that we've actually spoken about briefly in the past i think it was in season one um with uh we were going over ufo sightings in the modern era we had we touched this topic and especially now it it is more relevant today i think than it has been in the last two decades yeah, I don't think you can do UFOs in North America and not touch the subject. I mean, it's and those- the title, the title, of course, for tonight is the Cash Landrum Incident. Many of you might not be familiar with this specific incident that occurred, but a brief rundown is that in 1980, there were witnesses that claimed there was a UFO that was responsible for causing health and property damage. This UFO was seen passing over a roadway and it was emitting a type of flame and, and sparking and uh, Betty Cash and Vicki Landrum and Vicki's grandson, Colby, were sitting in the car. They were in an Oldsmobile Cutlass, which if you guys remember those vehicles, they're a big car. Mm-hmm. Big car. It's a land barge. It's a big car. Yeah, and big cars. Uh, it was just after 9 p.m. And uh, it was two lane road, very densely wooded on either side. And they saw a light come from above the t- trees they thought at first that it was an aircraft, but then quickly figured out that it was not. This was a diamond-shaped UFO, for lack of a better term. But what gets very interesting are the following details. The accompaniment, the side effects, and everything else that precedes the rest of the story, which we're going to cover tonight in this episode. So, brace yourself, because this one, this one's a doozy. Yeah, it's a weird story. It's a really uh, interesting story. I I don't know when I first heard about it because <clears throat> I've heard about these things for a long time. But I do remember when it was on uh, the uh, UFO cover up live um, that incident, and it was on sightings a few times. Uh, and we we actually found uh, I think Brandon found me the um, a clip of some of those old those old clips and we're gonna put those down in the description. You can go watch those. It's really cool because uh, you know some of that that footage you're just you're not getting anywhere else. And it's honest yeah. footage back then with some of the witnesses and you know 
uh, which two of those are no longer with us. And um, what's crazy about the whole story is that um, apparently this wasn't just a diamond shape. It was a diamond-like shape, but the top of it was and bottom of it was squared off. And this right. is odd in its own way. This is just a weird shape. If you if you uh, if you think about creating a, a UFO, we've had teardrop shapes, we have bell shapes, we got saucers, we got spheres, we got a lot oblongs, you know, pyramids, triangles. Sure, uh, and with you know the angles, right? Yep. Angles. I could see a diamond. I mean, boom. Okay, well, a diamond makes perfect sense. But no, it's not just a diamond. It's a diamond-like shape because the top is flat and the bottom area is flat. So, and it's this dull metallic look, whatever it is. And then you've got something else that most of your standard UFOs, UAPs, whatever you do not exhibit. You've got an exhaust. Mm-hmm. You've got an exhaust that's so hot, according to the the, uh, the witnesses, that that area was so hot that they thought it was the end of the world. They thought that this was the second coming of Christ. I kid you not. Yeah. That's how hot it was. And um, she, uh, I, I remember her saying something in one of the interviews. She was talking about uh, hell or something. She's like, <laughs> if, 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 if hell's hotter than this, then uh, I, that makes me know that I don't want to go or something like that. It was just, just hilarious how she said it. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, because apparently it was so hot, guys, for real, all joking aside, that inside the vehicle, um, one of the witnesses, I, I believe that that would have been, uh, was it uh, Vicky? Yeah, Vicky. Yeah, Vicky. Put her, put her hand on the, the dashboard, on this leather dashboard, and it imprinted into the leather, and it was still there. So uh, that's pretty warm. Yeah. That causes, you got to have some pretty warm you know, heat to make that that hard dash kind of malleable like that again, you know. And uh, and Cash was outside the vehicle. She stayed outside the vehicle. When this thing comes over, she gets out. Both of them got out, actually. Uh, Vicky and uh, and Betty got out, and they're standing out there with the vehicle. But Vicky goes back because they realize, I guess, you know, um, the kid's still in there screaming, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, so Vicky goes back with him, and uh, Betty's out there, trying to get a good look at this thing. And it was so bright, she said, that you really couldn't tell what it was at first. It was just so bright. Blinding. Said that it looked like the whole forest had erupted, you know, into into flames, literally. And um, she said that the heat, when she went back to get back into the car, because it was coming up and, and going down, and it would go up on these, it would blast out this big exhaust, you know, going up. And then, then when the exhaust stopped, it would start coming back down. Now, that reminds me of like a lunar lander kind of a situation right. or something, or, you know? Or even a uh, hot air balloon. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly like that. It's going up, then it comes back down. Well, it's doing this, and the area just gets flooded with this heat, and unbearable heat, according to her. Um, said at one account, I saw said that her ring was actually burned into her finger. I, I don't know about that. Uh, but I do know that she said she had to take... Um, her uh, jacket she had to put her hand in her jacket pocket to open the car because the handle was so hot she couldn't touch it with her bare hand mm. that's pretty warm yeah oh yeah that's pretty warm it's incredibly hot now yeah mind you the oldsmobile cutlass was a steel body 
steel box frame mm-hmm. vehicle. And that if you were driving past, because um, I, I used to have an Oldsmobile 88 Delta and that was very similar vehicle. And um, I would drive by cars that would be on the side of the road on fire. And I could feel that heat in the door panel because it was all metal. Now, imagine being beside a, a blowtorch in the sky, a blowtorch in the sky and what kind of reaction that would do. Like it's, it's very probable that this is what would happen because I'm, I'm touching a door panel and I have my arm sitting on a door panel and I can feel that heat. Well, according to her, it, it felt like no heat she'd ever felt before, like at all. And um, so they're back in the vehicle now because they're, they're freaking out. This thing's you know, spewing and sputtering and whatnot. And it's coming down over the tree, the tree, uh, treetops. And then all of a sudden, as they're sitting there in the vehicle, they're thinking about, you know, should we go? No, if you go underneath it, you're going to, we're going to burn up. So just stay put. But she also says something very interesting. She says that she left the vehicle running when she got out. If you remember this part, she left the vehicle running when they got out. But as this thing comes over, the vehicle stopped. The vehicle died. Because when she got back in, she had to restart the vehicle. Yeah, and she said she saw like <clears throat> weird lightning bolts and stuff coming out of the craft. Like a discharge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on which version of that story, but you're right. There's there's something that's going on here. Um, and then it gets really weird because they hear the helicopters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not and just any heli- helicopter. <laughs> this is yeah. a CH-47 Chinook Helicopter. Accompanied by 23 other helicopters, uh, most of which were CH, uh, I believe is what they said, right? Yeah, they were mostly Chinooks. Yeah, yeah. And um, she said it was the sound of like a a hurricane or a tornado or something like that. And it would be accurate. I mean, a pretty accurate description. Oh, yeah. Was that that as many many helicopters as she was saying was in the air and they never seen that type before either so no the volume no I don't even I can't even comprehend that the last time I saw an image of anything like that I think was the Gulf War yeah that was when they were landing and you know Um, but wow Uh, so these things come in from different angles and converge on this thing that's that was their story and then it all they all just fly away together over the tree lines. Um, Brandon, were there other witnesses to this? Yeah, there was, um, I think, it was it Vicky's grandson, Colby, that was in there with him? Mm-hmm. He, he was, was like five there. years old at the time. Seven. He was seven at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, allegedly, uh, in some of the incidents I'd seen, that they're, they're there are people who said that they saw these helicopters. Yes. They did they, not see the UFO. It, back in, uh, I think it was in Landrum's report. Mm-hmm. Um, she had said that Colby was so freaked out by the helicopter because the Chinook is a, the Chinook does not sound like a Huey flying over. Oh, no, it's, it's not it's, like, it's, the boom, 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 boom. it's like four it, Hueys flying over. This, yeah, a Chinook just sounds like rolling thunder coming in, and here it is. Mm-hmm. Now, you put 20 of those bad boys in the sky, it's going to be terrifying. You put so, 10 of them in the sky. Yeah, yeah, even just 10 of them yeah. is going to be, you think, okay, this is it. This is where it all ends. <laughs> yeah. um, so, yeah, Colby was freaked like a out. Tornado. 
Oh, e- easy. In the wind that we produce, the idea, yeah, Can't even off the rails. So Colby was freaking out. He was scared, and um, she wanted to take Colby to the spot where the helicopters had landed and hope to, you know, maybe oh, yeah. if he seen him on the ground, he wouldn't freak out nearly as bad and kind of relax a little bit. That's and right. They, they they found one, right? Did, yeah. When they, they got to the landing land? zone, there were several other people already there waiting to see it, mm. and uh, it. It was, they both claimed to see the pilot. And uh, then in the area before the purpose for checking on a UFO trouble near Huffman. That is, that is what the quote says there. They had, oh, you're t- I know what you're talking about. Okay. So what they did is they, they were going, they went somewhere. They saw the helicopter land, like you said, yes. and people were going up to see the helicopter. So. And this was not in relation to the actual sighting. No, 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 no. Right, right, right. So she's just these were just other people who witnessed the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And she's just wanting to help the kid because he's still freaking out every time he hears a helicopter now. Right. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) they go up to the pilot, and she proceeds to have this conversation with him, and (laughs) he he says something about uh, he had responded to a uh, a UFO call or over it was a Huffman or, or something like that. Yes, it was near Huffman. Huffman. Yeah. And uh, she starts telling him about what happened to them and then they escort him off the helicopter and pretty much shoo him away. Um, yeah, because she had said she was glad to see him because she was one of the people that got burned and then yeah. all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, get her. Get, <laughs> yeah. Nothing to see here. Go on. Yeah. Which is weird because according to uh, the records, what he was talking about, that had happened like years before. Yeah. It's 77, according yeah. to his report. Yeah. Yeah. According to his report. But um, yeah, it's very interesting, though, that that reaction took place. Don't you think? I thought it mm-hmm. was interesting that such a reaction would take place because I would have, anyone else would have been like, eh, it's cr- okay, cool lady. You know, that would have right. been, yeah, that'd been the best way to do that. But yeah. when you when you did something like uh, you get her get her out of here, that's probably yeah. not the route you want to take with that. Exactly, because Say especially it. with other people around, they can confirm that yeah, that's what happened. Not how you do that. Um, but it's just it's such a strange case. This it is this a strange case. case. So it is as much a part of American history as it is UFO history at this point because the entanglements that were involved. Well, I mean, dude, they, according to our, this was a 20 minute sighting. Yeah. This went on for almost 20 minutes. Yep. And we'll also post a, uh, a link to the transcript um, from the Cash Landrum uh, and Bergstrom Air Force Base Captain Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was a agreed upon recording. Um, she wanted to make sure. And the whole transcript is there. He he goes through. It's a few pages long. It's good. It's a really good transcript. But it's a really good transcript. And we're going to put emphasis and, you know, all that. That is where we're getting a lot of our data from. It's really good stuff. And, um yeah, you got to be careful with the Wikipedia page because that's, uh, you know, that falls into that whole line of these things that have been edited and whatnot. Because exactly you go back and listen to the actual interviews, especially the ones that Brandon dug up, the actual interviews where they're speaking themselves. 
that has all been omitted from any of the Wikipedia stuff. Yes, and it's been removed. That's a fact. That's a fact. Go watch it, and you'll understand what we're talking about there. But um, and and when you go to the Wikipedia page and you open up the uh, the 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 file for uh, Cash Landrum incident, there are multiple yellow needs additional citation. Yep, there is markers. Yep, where things is. have been edited recently. Mm-hmm. Yep, there is. Uh, It's a very real case. And what makes it more important is the fact that these victims tried to literally, well, they did. They sued the United States government. Yes. Now, that's the first. This has not happened up until this point. So that was was important because what happened was the day after they had this incident. Well, actually, it was the same night. I think uh, Vicky said that she took uh, Colby and was uh, giving him a bath and he started Screaming, screaming. The water, water hit his skin. Yeah, yep. And it was it was red. Everything was red. You know, his, his skin turned red. And um, the next day, uh, the same thing started happening to them. They started having uh, severe headaches, nausea, mm-hmm. diarrhea. They uh, began having symptoms symptoms of radiation poisoning, which they didn't know that at the time. So uh, I think it was January third. I think is what I have here in the notes that uh, Cash was so bad that she had to go. So she ended up, uh, I don't know if Vicky took her, but she ended up in, uh, in the hospital and they treated her for burns and she had to go back after that. And they started treating her for what she said. One of them said it looked like radiation sickness is what it yes. you know, pretty much sounded like. And um, that's interesting because she lost patches of hair. She lost um, skin. There's like so much uh, signs of radiation stuff here. Let me find one of the things for you. 1991, Cash's personal doctor, personal doctor, Dr. Brian McClellan, huh, told Houston police that her condition was a, quote, textbook case of radiation poisoning comparable to being at, quote, three to five miles from the epicenter of Hiroshima, end quote. Well, that's pretty significant. It is. And if you look at some of the the photos, it's like, what? I mean, you they'll blow your mind. They, they were literally, uh, they were exposed to something out there. So, and let me make this real clear to you guys. We're not saying that's an alien spacecraft. So, let's put that right here on, on the line before you start thinking, you know, um, that that's where we're going with this. We're not going with that. We're going with the fact that it was an unknown aircraft. And that's what it was. It was an unknown aircraft. We don't know whose it was. We just know that something was flying over that area, according to this this report, and that there was there were biological effects after this. Now, if you go watch some of these old videos, you'll see some of the most famous skeptics of the time give their two cents in it. And they basically say, oh, no, this is all a lie. This was all made up. They're trying to get their uh, bills paid for because they have, uh, you know, medical expenses. Well, the funny thing is, um, Cash didn't have any medical issues until after this, really, as far as, you know, any kind of thing like this. I think she had had, um, I think she had heart surgery or something before this, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about she developed cancer after this. Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't go from just nothing to that. I'm going to read because uh, this is just as 
this is the transcript and it's in this part where you're talking about. Go ahead. And this is Betty Cash talking. And she says, well, the only thing I know is that I was sick within 30 minutes after the time it happened and burning up. I was just like I had blistered all over, like I had been laying on a beach and it happened within 30 minutes after the incident. I was feeling fine before. And then all this took place the next morning. I was so sick. I couldn't. And even craving water, I was dying of thirst. I thought that I was, I felt like I was so dehydrated. I couldn't get out of bed to get myself a glass of water. Then the captain asks, did you have any special sensation in your mouth? She says, nothing but extreme dryness. Then he continues. The captain asks, have you had ever tried? Okay. And then Betty breaking in says my lips were swollen. My ears were swollen about three times. My face, my entire body, my family didn't recognize me when they came to the hospital. They told them what room I was in and they said they'd not known for sure that it was me. They wouldn't have known had they not known that that was her in the room. She was so burnt, blistered and swollen. They wouldn't have known it was her. Oh, some of the photos are insane. I'm not kidding you. So prior to this occasion on the 29th of December, 1980, had you ever been hospitalized or treated for any um, alien ailments or problems? Betty replies, sure, I had heart surgery. Okay, when and where was that? Birmingham, Alabama in 1976. Okay, any other treatments? Nothing other than a hysterectomy when I was 29. That's what, yeah, okay. Captain says, when you were 29, now you've been, uh, have you ever been treated for any uh, medical conditions that would have required you to be exposed to any radioactive materials? No, Betty says. Is there anything else that you can pass on to us? Well, no, nothing other than that they ran every test possible on me and they said that they could find no problems with my body anywhere to cause me to be in this condition. He asks, who is they? She replies, the doctors at Parkway Hospital. And then uh, she goes on. He asks about, a, does she have a primary care physician now? Because she lives in Alabama at this point. And uh, he, she says yes and gives the doctor's name. So the captain says, oh, I see. Okay, now that you understand, you tell me that uh, currently you still have dysentery and some he- hair loss. Is that hearing loss or hair loss? Is that correct? She says, I still have headaches. I still have upset stomach. I still can't take a hot bath. And if I do, I burn like a victim all over again. That is just insane. So this is eight months after the event. She still can't take a hot bath because her skin burns again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, then he says, okay, just a minute. And she said, I can't stand the heat. And he says, okay, you're in other words, you're so heat sensitive. Tell me about it. And she says, uh, uh, yes, basically, basically says yes a long way around it. And then he says, what about exposure to sunlight? She says that I can't take sunlight. I mean, it's just to the point where I have to stay in the house unless it gets out after it goes or after it gets cool in the afternoon and the sun goes down or either I'm in bed sick the next day. Mm-hmm. Now, when we post this, this whole, whole thing, 
in the show notes. You guys need to go click it, read it. Yeah, because read it. I, I'm not stuttering and stammering. These are literally the way that she's speaking. This was a, a transcribed off of a recording. And, and I'm reading it word for word. These things, she's so sensitive to sunlight. It's to the point where I have to stay in the house unless it gets out after it gets cold. Yeah. She can't be out. So solar radiation burns her up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Ron. Yeah. Um, Brandon. There you go. Yes. <laughs> like this. There you go. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. This was all released recently. <clears throat> yep. This is from the uh, DRD, the DIRD. Uh, it's unclassified. You can go check it out. I believe the link's up here for you guys. Uh, this was released uh, a couple years ago, and this is from uh, March 11th, 2010. This is, you hear refer to this a lot. This is the uh, anomalous acute and subacute field effects on human biological tissues. This is the one that was prepared, uh, I believe, by Kit Green. Yes. And uh, it, it's, it talks a lot about that. I want to go to this part right here, uh, and I'm going to read this <clears throat> again. I advise you to go and actually uh, click on the link yourself and take a look at it for yourself. I'm going to see if I can go in here a little bit bigger. For you guys. Because when, when you view it on your screen, it's going to be a lot more crisp, but we're, we're going to try to make it as good for you as we can. Let's see what I can do here for you. But these biological effects, they're they're real. They've They're been noted. Real. You've got Dr. Gary Nolan going over these. We have Kit Green who has done research on these. There's so many mm. other PhDs who are aware, including uh, Travis Taylor. Can you who, see those better? Yeah. You see it better now? Yeah. Okay, so here's what I wanted to uh, let you see right here. Uh, several years ago, three previous fit and active Individuals experienced an anomalous, irregular, incongruous, incongruous, sorry, and inconsistent with their domain aerospace-related event. Basically, they what that is fancy words for they they went too close to a UAP. Yeah. Within 72 hours, they suffered medical signs and symptoms, acute and subacute effects. These included almost immediate arrhythmia. A heat and redness on over the exposed to presumed source of an electromagnetic radiation skin. So read that over the exposed skin. They believe that it was caused by uh, the source of electromagnetic radiation. Uh, varying degrees of the following as a function of their body surface exposure times fever. Pain, headaches, numbness, uh, paralysis, malaise, diarrhea, loss of hair, alopecia, which is also uh, possible. Uh, it, it is also a, uh, a precursor to uh, hair loss. It, it can yeah. cause hair loss. So that has been reported with these this kind of exposure. Skin eruptions, boils, cardiac uh, palpitations, uh, beginnings of what were to become chronic headaches and symptoms of insomnia and other sleep and dream disturbances, moderate to occasional severe anxiety and insomnia. Two of these persons also experienced photophobia, extreme sensitivity to light. You just mentioned that a little bit ago. Yep. Dry and scratchy stinging eye 
eyes, that's also mentioned. Extreme inflamed bloodshot scleria, that's the whites of the eyes, um, with soft tissue swelling uh, of the eyelids. One of three experienced moderate blood dyscarsia, signs of radiation illnesses, and over several years developed signs of malignant transformations. Now, you would think mm. we we're talking about the same people that we were just talking about, but we're not. These right. persons were antenna engineers, and they were subjected to an anomalous accident. That's all that we have on those. Uh, I'm sure that there's like 40-some uh, other accidents that are yeah. quoted in this, structure, in this uh, study, by the way. But what it comes down to, basically, is that we're dealing with something that is producing a uh, pretty powerful burst of energy that energy is ionizing and non-ionizing now it's non-ionizing but if you push non-ionizing to a certain power level it basically becomes ionizing to a degree and mimics uh x-ray and gamma radiation that's kind of what is going on here um let me get you another one here so what we've got going on, guys, is a basic, um, what's the best word for it? Uh, exposure event. That's yeah. the best word for it. It's an exposure yeah, and, event. And you got to think, this. that report was done in 2010. It was released for public consumption and declassified far later. I think that was, it was what, declassified in 2019, right? I think, uh, was, this was it part of that big info dump? I think it was 2019. It might have been 2019. I'm not sure. It's over on our main page. What? Yeah, we've we've got all that stuff over there. So you, you can also go find that link on the website and, and a few other places as well. But the um, this took place in the 80s. <laughs> right? Hmm. And they're describing the exact same symptoms, the exact well, same elements. It's it's. It's that sixth observable, as they like to call it. Remember the five observables that the, mm -hmm. you know, yes. Elizondo and all those guys were talking about, put off and all those guys. Well, it's a sixth observable, and that's the one that people don't like to talk about. And that's the damage to skin, you mm -hmm. know, damage to the bio biologics. And that's us, in other words. We got too close to it. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that happens. But um, what's happening here, here, I'm I got it now. I'll go right ahead and I'm going to share this one now. Let you guys take a look at this. So again, if you're listening to this, pop on over and uh, just have a view, have a look at these, and then make up your own mind. You can do that later because, again, it's just the evidence and it's straight from the sources. You can go take a look at that and judge it yourself. Again, no one's telling you what to believe, only showing you what's there. This should be it right here. This is it. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. Got that? Okay. So this is from the Lighthouse. This is a, a really good article that uh, we quote sometimes, too, that will often be out there uh, in the uh, support of uh, some of this close contact stuff. Um <clears throat> According to MJ Baines, Christopher Green, research into such cases began in 2003. So they started actually going into this stuff in 2003, right? So that means that possible, it's very possible that some of the data that eventually got, you know, released, this case is in there. 
Oh, very, very possible. We don't know. We don't know. It's yeah. And it's, it's also theorized the part of this case was also the Rendlesham incident. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all but been proven at this point. Right. Um, yeah, it's pretty much all but been proven at this point, Joe. Um, but how does it work? Well, uh, Christopher Green's DID, DIRD, which I just showed you, refers to the potentially dangerous effects of a phenomenon. You've heard us talk about this before called blue shifting. And that's being exposed to blue shifting at relatively close range. If you can feel it, that's pretty close. Yes. Uh, that it can result in symptoms associated with broadband radiation radiation poisoning. The concept of blue shifting is detailed in a highly technical DRD written by Dr. Hal Putoff. It is entitled Advanced Space Propulsion Based on Vacuum Space-Time Metrics Engineering. Dr. Putoff wrote in that that ultraviolet and soft X-ray generation due to blue shifting of the visible portion of the spectrum to higher frequencies can produce harmful effects. So, what that basically means is, uh, let me find this here for you. The downside, if you if you push this ultraviolet, which is harmless, harmless light, ultraviolet, if you push UV to a dangerous level, to an insane, absurd amount of level, and the only way you would really be doing that would be as you were, I don't know, trying to manipulate it in some other way, uh, there's a possibility that it goes into what's called soft X-ray region, and there can be a chance of radiation poisoning. So if you run across one of these things, he says, sitting on the ground, it's powered up, I recommend you don't rush up to it. And now I think we know why. Right. Because it's not <laughs> it's not going to be good for you. Just don't it, do you're going to have some issues. Now, what that does seem to suggest is that these craft, some of them are apparently running off nuclear power. Is that I mean, that is what it sounds like. Right, guys. Stanton Friedman mm-hmm. actually said that it was run. It was a uh, it was powered off of a nuclear source. That it was a fission reaction right. that, that he thought that uh, this thing was running off of. And another one said that uh, back in the day, this isn't now, but this was back in the day, said that it could have been a microwave propulsion system that they were testing. Because back in the day, there was talk of this pulsed microwave uh, engine. Um, I believe it was leaving something called, what was it called? Donut. Uh, on a rope contrails or something they tracked them somewhere over the west this is how they came up with the whole aurora thing project aurora um the pulsed microwave supposedly somehow creates that blue shifting so apparently if you fire that microwave beam up enough and it hits whatever it's hitting. I don't know what the media is. I couldn't tell you. I'm not a, a, an astrophysicist. But if it hits this certain media, it's at a certain wavelength. The power causes it to basically uh, go from a harmless non-ionizing form to an ionizing form. And that's where you get the, the uh, issues. That's where the danger comes in. So it'll start emulating X-ray and gamma rays. So we've got a melted dashboard that left fingerprints in it. Mm-hmm. We have lesions, boils. We've got hot car doors. Mm-hmm. We've got swollen eyes, swollen ears, uh, photophobia. 
We've got hydrophobia because they get into the water and they can't stand it. They have this this reaction to hot water. Cold water is fine, but hot water, the heat just sets off the pain. These these are all very remarkable things that would happen after a possible UFO event. <laughs> like yeah. These, yeah. These are wild. Yeah. Well, the government spent, you know, over $22 million as, as far as we know, right? Uh, studying this. So, yeah. of course. I mean, that's, uh, that's the thing because that's a heck of a weapon. Oh, right. Now, that's a heck, that's a heck of a weapon because you're talking about, look, man, I, if you figure out how to weaponize this, right, you've got a phaser. You've you've got the Star Trek phaser. You've got the the death ray. You've got. Let's say you don't you don't have to worry about a phaser at that point. You've got like you know point click about. death. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Though you've got <laughs> you've got a means to take someone out with just a beam. That's what yeah. I'm getting at. Theoretically, you have that because right. you're talking about basically um, generating an electromagnetic wave, right? So you're generating an electromagnetic wave. You're pushing it with such power that its subatomic particles uh, are are basically just they're 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 ionizing atoms. So that's that's a ray gun. That's what you've done. Whether you intended to do it or not, that's that's the kind of power that hit these people. And. As remarkable as this story sounds, it gets stranger. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah, it gets stranger. And uh, eventually, what winds up happening is uh, Landrum winds up reaching out to uh, a couple senators. It was Lloyd Benston and uh, John Tower. And they suggested that they file a complaint with, with Bergstrom Air Force Base, which is the the manuscript that we, I was reading off of earlier, but um, that they should seek a lawyer and mm-hmm. look for financial compensation for their injuries. Mm-hmm. Okay. They sued the federal government for $20 million. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it was tied up in the court for years and years and was eventually dismissed. Okay. Mm-hmm. This case was dismissed under the, the, the argument that the federal government said it wasn't our UFO. What do you think about that? Talk about technicality. <laughs> A government, again, that had for decades a generate literal generation. Not even admitted that a UFO exists. Right. Swamp gas, swamp gas, swamp gas. It wasn't our UFO. All of a sudden now it's okay. That's why you can't sue us. It's UFO. It might have been Russians. Right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, that that's just ludicrous. I mean so basically, um there was a massive a massive issue that took place here yeah had that taken place anywhere else um there probably would have been something done about it yeah but the fact that it happened on a country road out in the middle of nowhere three old ladies and a kid collateral damage yep right off get rid of it it's 
collateral damage. It's all that is. Why so many helicopters? Why so many helicopters? Well, that's very simple because if this was something, and I do believe it was something, they're testing something. Yeah. And I don't think it was an intercept. I don't think that that's what it was. I know there's a lot of um, a lot of researchers who say that, yeah, there was something came in and then, you know, they went in to get it. That all came from that that BS script that was written and read on uh, UFO cover up live. Yeah. By the anonymous Falcon. Um, look into that. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not yeah. going to go into that. We can do a whole show. A and we're not going hogwash. to that is disinformation at its best is what that was. That was the lie sandwich. That was the absolute lie sandwich. The the truth was there, but it was hidden between it was a it was a UFO and they were test fire lying it and da, da, da. who cares? Okay, here here's the point. Someone someone did something really bad out there. And they instead of just saying, "Yep, our bad. Here's 20 million bucks." Sorry, we shouldn't have did something like that. We over, shouldn't have roasted you with our uh, over an area, you know. Yeah, that, that there could have been civilians. You know, we shouldn't have did that, but we did. Here you go. We apologize. No, they didn't do that. Instead, there's like, it wasn't our UFO. It wasn't our UFO. Not our problem. I don't know what to tell you, but here's the thing. Well, now here's here's something mm-hmm. else. I've, I've got a question about. Oh, go you. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because you know there there are uh, from a skeptical angle there's there's there are some holes in this. Yeah, let's play fill a class. Let's uh, yeah let's bring out his ghost. Let's. Uh, so you, all you said first that there were so many helicopters, but how were there that many Chinooks? How were there that many? Again, and then class even said that, and I agree. Then the the next thing for me is. These ladies were down in a car and got microwaved mm-hmm. in their car. Mm-hmm. What happened to those dudes in the helicopters? She even said that. She, she even said that during one of the interviews. She was talking about that. She said, "I really felt, I really felt for those people, those guys in the helicopter, because they were closer to it than than we were." Yeah, they had to be feeling something. So where collateral damage? Right. Now, does this does this imply that it was a retrieved UFO that was trying to be reverse engineered to fly again? Or were we actually looking at a UFO and said, I can kind of build this. Let's see if we can make it work. And then they built it. Yeah. And then because there are nuclear fission engine patents out there. Well, my thing is. It doesn't necessarily have to be that we were trying to build a UFO. Right. We could have just been trying to build the next generation lift craft. And yeah. we took some parts from, you know, something someone gave us at Lockheed or. So you know, do you think maybe they were trying to wrangle the UFO? No. No, I don't. I, th- I think that they were making sure. I think that they had taken that thing out for a test. Something went horribly wrong. They called in. Th- th- we might crash. This thing is very. There's likely that this thing is going to crash. And we're going to need at least a few of you guys that we can yeah. tether to to pull us away if something happens. Oh, we're that's gonna, why it was bobbing up and down in the air. Because no, 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 they weren't. Smoke. They weren't touched. They weren't attached to it yet. No, not but yet. You can be- better believe that if that thing went down, it, if it had you know nuclear material on it. They were going to have to shut an entire area out. They probably had so much response teams on those helicopters. This is the only reason you would have 
that many helicopters. You would have to have a response team for a possible crash, yeah. recovery. Uh, you would have to have, you know, contamination. contamination. Exactly. Decontamination. You know, they would cover it up. Everything. Chemical truck spill. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 what you would have to do. You'd have to go in. You'd have to have that. So they had that contingency in the air. And I think that that's what that's, they were doing. That's where the mass force would have had to have been mm-hmm. employed there. Yeah, like I think that's, that's the only way that could have come, come into play. I think that's what they were doing. If that's what it was, that's what they were doing. And they escorted it away, and it did not crash, and they didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to go to plan B. That's what it came down to. But – if you look at some of the history, you were talked about it. We had those engines, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're called NTRs. They're called nuclear um, thermal. They're nuclear thermal rockets. NTRs yep. is what they're called, and that was going to be our engine that got us into space before yep. they put all you know everything into the space shuttle program. They were literally working on this NTR technology, and it went from 1955. They had a built model in 1955, guys. They tested this thing in 1955. It ran all the way up to 1973 before they just, you know, closed the program. You know what? And according to Stan Friedman, a lot of those programs worked, and they're like, "Oh, well, it works. All right, program's closed. Exactly. New name. You guys remember? You guys remember a little craft called the Delta Flyer? Y'all remember that? Oh yeah. Now, the Delta Flyer was the first time that we actually got to see what I still, to this day, consider a demonstration of uh, unconventional uh, technology. And that was when this thing literally just lifts off, goes over yep. here, and sits back down. I mean, that was an amazing, amazing thing to see. That was the first time that had ever happened. And you can bet that they've been doing that for years the first thing I thought of when I saw that was the Cash Landrum incident. That well, was the yeah. very first thing I thought of when I saw that thing lift off. Because you have that same kind of exhaust coming down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we see that now with the, you know, the freaking, what is it called? Uh, Elon's baby, you know, where they come. Oh, yeah. The SpaceX themselves. They're amazing. They're just amazing. Yeah. But, they, you know, it, again, these are intelligent, you know, systems. Yeah, I mean, maybe this thing was intelligent too. Maybe they were, that was one of the first, you know, remote things they were testing. I one of the know. first versions of kind of drone would become the well, the Falcon. If that was un, if that was an unmanned vehicle, that makes more sense to have all those people, you know, following right. you as well. And you're flying it remotely. Yeah, yeah flying remotely. But uh, but these these incidents, dude these these close to the technology incidents, they happened. I mean, yep. and, and, and one of the most most popular ones. Yeah, it was uh, what's his name from uh, Skinwalker Ranch? Thomas uh, Winterton. Yes. Winterton. Uh, the exposure to basically radiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that uh, Gary Nolan said that that he was exposed to direct beam. Right is what he what he said uh, that he was targeted. That's that's exactly what he said. And if you look at the um, the um, the medical uh, pictures and whatnot of him, the reports that have been released. Dude, it's crazy. I mean, that big knot on the back of his head, it's like, that's kind of some of the stuff she was talking about. Like, mm-hmm. some of her hair fell out and whatnot as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, you got visible skin irritations. You got hair loss. You, I mean, it's the same thing. It's, I don't know. It's, it's radiation. It's some kind of radiation. That's what I'm coming at this with. 
So I don't know what it was any more than that. Um, I, do I think that the government owes them some money? Yeah, they, sh- they should have paid out. They should have paid out. I think that was really a, a wrong thing to do is what I think. Now, um, when we're looking at the size of this thing, mm-hmm. it's like just looking at the specs of this craft. I'm, I'm you know, with the shape is unconventional. We talked about that Very earlier. Very unconventional, yeah. But the size was also bizarre. Now, she'd mentioned... Um, Landrum mentioned Vicky said that it was as big as a water tower. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Not at the top, but you know, just the height, the length of it, the yeah. the, the body was was that. And she was asked, "How many flames uh, did you see come from the bottom? One, two, three? And then she said, "Well, there were so many. There were just so many, so much light that honestly, I was only seeing one. Mm-hmm. And there was just like." a flame coming down, you know, just like a rocket, like you'd shoot off a rocket or something. You know how the flame comes down. And the captain said, yeah, how many separate flames did you see? Did you see more than one flame at a time? And then she responds saying, no, I was looking for it, but I, 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 or I wasn't looking for it rather. She said, no, I wasn't looking for it. I was too scared. Mm -hmm. Um, To put it that way, I ain't, I ain't going to say I wasn't scared. I was scared. I just, I guess I'm a coward, but I was scared. And then the captain says, okay, can you recall if you saw more than one flame at a time? This seemed to be like a sticking point. Like he, he was trying to, he's trying to, uh, this, this methodology of questioning is trying to say, well, well, our craft has four flames. So if they saw five or six or three, yeah, it wasn't us. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) And I know that sense. He said, okay, can you recall if you saw more than one flame at a time? No, I wasn't looking at the flames. I was looking for a way out. And he says, okay, I understand. Um, The reason I'm asking is, didn't it have one engine or several engines from what you could tell? And they respond, I wish I could have asked. I I wish they could have asked me that when I was under the hypnotism (laughs) and then chuckles. (laughs) Um. Prior to the incident, Miss Landrum, have you been treated for any illness? And then it goes through all all of her sicknesses and, and stuff that she had uh, come up with after her her exposure there. And it's it's just a very 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 fascinating manuscript to go through this, and you can t- you can see where they are trying really hard to find their out. Hmm. Yeah, they're trying. They're they're like, trying their absolute best. Like Brandon, you you write you know books and scripting and things of that that nature. I mean, is that not how you would frame something out? Yep. Oh yeah, totally would. Like just Try just to, to just to get away. Like okay, here's my scapegoat. They're gonna I'm gonna ask them this, and then bam, hit them with the the big rubber stamp that says denied. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. not like they were setting her up to make her look stupid. Uh huh. That's what I thought as well, man. Hmm. Well, I mean, parts of the story. I'm. I'm just telling you right now. Parts of the story don't make sense. Right. That's that's just logic. That's data. Parts of this story don't make sense. Does that mean we need to throw it out like Phil Class and like you know Sean Kirkpatrick would have you do? No, it doesn't. It means that you need to put the little parts over here that don't make sense, and then you need to stack up all these other parts that do make sense, and yes. you're going to see a massive 
imbalance that shouldn't exist if there's, you know, if this was a non-event. To give an overview real quick, because we're we're coming up here, we're hitting the hour mark, to give an overview of the things that don't make sense versus the things that do. Want to see something makes no sense? Here's, this is what makes no sense. You got this massive thing coming over the road, right? It's even brighter than this, by the way. That's just my little rendition of it. So, because she, it was described as turning night to day. Not only that, it left physical marks on that road and on the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there was nothing there, how did it do that? Calling upon right. the ghost to fill class. Can you answer that <laughs> question? No, you can't. Let's get the envelopes out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so that's one of the things that, that tracks with everything that we know now. And it had it trace evidence, okay? It was one of the first cases that actually had trace evidence. Mm-hmm. Now, no, it, it had trace evidence. It now, didn't have radiation. It didn't have radiation. This is one of the this is one of the skeptics' number one things. Yeah, it didn't have radiation. The car should have been radioactive, according to them. The car was not radioactive. There was no radiation discovered. If it was a radiation sickness, then why not? Ah, but the answer is, what did I tell you? This form of radiation is not like your standard ionizing radiation, as in gamma radiation. It, this, I mean. This is different. Think, think about what we found in uh, Kenosha State Forest that one time. The radiation dissipated. We measured it dissipating. It did, it did dissipate. Over yes, time. it did. It did. It absolutely dissipated. Yeah, it was very and quick. It, it dissipated over a six-hour mm-hmm. period it shouldn't of time. have did that. Yeah, it shouldn't do that. Right? That's not how radiation works. Kids. No. <laughs> like it's The half-life is not that. If it's there, now, it's going to be there. And, and it's going to be there for a long time, yeah. usually. Like. Uh, based off our normal understanding of how it works. Okay, so things that don't make sense. The the amount of helicopters. No, doesn't make sense. Or where they all came from. Doesn't make like, sense. Because that's a lot. Doesn't make sense at all. Now That's a lot of helicopters. And to be fair, uh, some of the reports I've seen, not all of them were CH-47s. Right, they're just your, your standard black... Don't know what they were. They, they just said heller, the helicopters. Uh, so right. we, we can assume they were probably UH-1s back then right. because Blackhawks weren't around yet. So they were they were probably UH-1s because yep. they were still using those things, you know, up into the 2000s. Right. I mean, they're still using them for training today. They're a great helicopter. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. You know, I'm, Who doesn't I'm, love a Huey? I mean, I love those things. Now, but, um, yeah. So... so You've got the the amount of amount of helicopters. The next one up is the there is like we're gonna I'm gonna put it in there just because it fits both categories. The lack of the radiation. The other thing that to me doesn't make much sense. Um, if that actually happened to the dashboard and you're going to go speak to somebody, like those dashboards come out. You know, you can take that section of the dashboard out. And be like, look at this. Okay. Let's. I'll address this right now <clears throat> because I, I'm. I get where you're going with it, but I can also say this: those were two old women in the yeah. 1980s. Think about that just for a second. That's, two that's old true. women, 1980s, church going. The, the one that really aggravated me the worst was hearing her later on when she was close to death. And she's telling her story. And she says she, she couldn't even go to the store because people were making fun of her. And she said that she wanted to go to church, but even her 
preacher wouldn't let her come in. Yeah. Even her preacher wouldn't let her come in. I'd go to the grocery store, and people would make fun of me. I'd try to go to church, and the pastor asked me to come. I want to tell you what, just for one second, because that makes my blood boil. All right. Right. So I'm going to stand on my little podium here for a second. If this is going to offend you guys, go ahead and just turn it off right now or, I don't know, unsubscribe. I don't really give a crap. But here's the truth. Unless we start actually being a little more compassionate with people, um, it isn't going to matter what they say. It isn't going to matter what they do. Because when we take the stance that there's no evidence, therefore it cannot be. That means that you're too stupid to look for the evidence or you're too blind to look for the evidence or you're just going to believe so and so because they say there isn't any evidence. Right. Here's a thought. Go look for it yourself if you're so concerned. But even if you're not concerned, even if it doesn't matter, think about someone's feelings for just two seconds before you jump to that conclusion, before you look at someone who's in your town who comes to your church all the time, by the way, a place that shouldn't judge, but it's the most judgmental place that I think I've ever stepped my foot into. Yeah, I, I liked my church. I really did. I, I loved my church. It's not why we quit going. But uh, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of them that are. Don't be like that. You you know, you can change it. Every single one of you. Am I wrong, Joe? No, can, you're, you're you, not wrong at all. It and comes to, to you to change it because yeah. they're not going to change it. They're not going to change it. The people who are doing this stuff are not going to change it. All they're going to do is try to convince you that you and they you can't believe the way they do. Right. Don't you associate they're demon possessed or they're seeing this or they're seeing that and they're touched. No, they're not yeah. touched. They just need some compassion because they are dealing with something that is not what you think is normal. Sorry, that's the end of my rant. That's, <laughs> but that's why no, we no, do what we fun. do. Like it's it, these are things that are need to be talked about because it's it still happens today. The world's not much different than it was it back happens. then. We've seen it on the road. We've yeah. talked to people. They've come to our table with their heads down, and yeah. then they they park their ears up when you say, "Well, you can believe that if you want. That doesn't matter." Yeah. Look at the guy who picked up the. Oh. What do you think? It kind of looks like an alien, but I'm a Christian. I'm like, <laughs> so what does that matter? Yeah. yeah, I think that was about the time that you chimed in and said, well, he he's he used to be a pastor and he yeah. reaches to people and talks to people. Yeah, it's just I don't get it, man. I don't get the judgmental nonsense. And it's on both sides. It's on believers and a non-believer yeah. side. All they want to do is tear someone down. This one really bothers me because, again, she just wanted to be accepted yeah she just wanted someone to pay for the crimes that were committed and i'm sorry there was a crime committed there was a crime committed here. oh yeah and and all the evidence points points that direction today especially today maybe not then maybe not in the 1980s <laughs> there wasn't right. no one was talking about it right so we didn't have all this yeah all these mm -hmm. projects came out and said oh it's just swamp gas but now we have it for face value but now we have it so now it was so senseless. All of that was senseless is what I'm getting at. And yeah. they still won't admit it. <laughs> Let's be real. So with those things that I'd mentioned earlier that, that kind of they don't make sense and we understand where where they uh, cause question and where the skeptics get their ammo from for this. There's far more evidence 
at this point, especially knowing what we know, they came out with the DIRD reports. Yeah. They came out uh, with information during Gary Nolan's interviews that has come about with some of these people who were previously denied VA help, VA medical support. Yep. Now being able to get medical treatment through the VA for their exposure to these anomalous phenomena. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's we've come a long way since the 80s at this point. And this case stands out as one that they tried to brush under the rug. But under today's scope, looking at this whole case through a post-disclosure lens. These people were treated like human garbage. No, that's pretty much it. You took They were brushed garbage. aside, yeah. said your elements don't matter. Your yeah. radiation sickness doesn't matter. Right. It wasn't our UFO. It wasn't our UFO. That's an SEP, guys. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, you know, uh, hard to see where that methodology fell from, huh? Yeah. No, it's not. Not at all. Dude. And it's such a tragic case. This this case, like I said, it's one of the ones that really bothers me more than any other case out there. This one really bothers me just because of the people who are involved. I know. Oh, they were trying to do this. Look, man, they didn't care if they, they didn't care to make a millions of dollars on a book. They just wanted their medical bills paid. Yeah. Is that such a hard thing? And I don't know if anybody's ever checked into it, but radiation uh, sickness treatment is not cheap. Of course it's not. Nor is cancer treatment. No. Right. God, no. The opposite. Radiation treatment. (laughs) Right. And she did both. So, you know. She did. Hey. It's just... It's a tragic thing, man. Um, this case is this case is very, very tragic. And you know the the good thing with this today, you know, um, the uh, Colby, yeah, is still around. Yeah, Colby has has taken people out, and we'll put some links to that to some of the stuff that he's he's talked about, some of the video. Um, I think it was U, uh, UFO hunters, right? Yeah, I think it was UFO hunters. The one he he took them to the site mm-hmm. where it occurred, and and you know that was really cool seeing that. Um, but you know what? What kind of boundaries are they not willing to cross when it comes to the reverse engineering of this equipment? Is what this question. case should make everybody be asking. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair question. That's an extremely fair question. Like, look, I'll say it again. If nothing's going on, if nothing's going on, why are we spending so much money? I'm going to start sounding like, you know, your buddy here in a minute. But if nothing's (laughs) going on, why are we spending so much money? Yeah. Why are we endangering people's lives on a constant level? And why can't anyone talk about it? Why can't anyone tell you just a, a little bit of what's going on? You don't need to know it all. I don't need to know how the dang thing works. Just tell me it's it's real, and that's enough. I'll leave you alone at that point. You know, oh, it's top secret. Well, the A-bomb used to be top secret, too. I now know they exist. 
I can't go out and build one. I mean, probably, but I can't go out and build one <laughs> actively. I can't do that. Right. Ever. Never. I mean, you Wouldn't. have that one kid that tried in his backyard. Yeah, there's a good example why you, there you go. That's a good example why you don't <laughs> do that. Building a nuclear reactor. That's an garage. amazing story. That is an amazing. Story. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a true story, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look that one up. That's, that's an insane story. But what I'm saying is most people can't do that and they don't have any desire to do that. So just because I would know that UFOs or whatever they are exist, these, what is it, non-human intelligent vehicles exist, then what does that matter? I can't go out and build one. I'm probably not going to build it and go, you know, start an international incident somewhere. But we will build it and hang it in a golf course somewhere. Do that. (laughs) Totally do that. You know, let's be real about that one. Um, but yeah, um, but what what is uh, what is sad is that uh, Betty um, Betty Joyce Cash uh, she did die uh, at age sixty nine on December twenty ninth, nineteen ninety eight. Do you know that that is um, the anniversary? That of is their sighting. Eight, the eighteenth year anniversary of their sighting. If I'm right, is that right? Eighteen yeah. years. Yeah, wow. <clears throat> eighteen years to the day of the Period. sighting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh and then um then Vicky, of course, she died eighty three, uh, September twelfth, two thousand and seven. But um yeah, man, just you know, I mean they left a legacy, but unfortunately they there's no still to this day there's no answers to this case. It's they say it's closed, I say it's wide open until that piece of evidence comes out. Yeah. Hopefully it does. Hopefully someone releases that study and it's just a someone it's just a little mention of their case in one of those one of those files. That's all it would take at this point. Yeah. And it's not even they said it's not theirs. Do you think it's one of those private companies have uh, reversed engineered something? Oh, like a defense contractor. Yeah. I mean, it could be. That's that's possible because it's protected. It's protected under that umbrella, man. Why do you think we gave it to the defense contractors? Yeah. I mean, that's it's the brilliant plan, Brandon. You can't hold someone you can't hold someone responsible for any damages incurred to you if they don't own the actual thing that caused the damage. Yeah. You have to go after the entity that owns it. And, say and there's it no is. way to find that out because you can't FOIA any of those guys. No. And you hear this talk right now about, oh, well, you know, this contractor has it and that contractor has it. Do you really think it's that simple? It's not going to be that simple. Right. It is not going to be that simple. There's going to be some kind of shell agency or something that you don't even know about. They're, they're the ones who are going to own it. It's not going to matter if Lockheed Martin built a part for it. Yeah. You know, that's, that doesn't matter. Oh, boy, Lockheed Martin is tied to this project. Okay, that's wonderful. What'd they do? They build a stabilizer. Oh. Yeah. Who owns the rest of the craft? Mm. I don't know. There you go. And that's, that's what's DARPA. called compartmentalization, kids. And, and that's, uh, that's how it all works. Yep. So, you know, I don't think we're ever going to figure any of this out. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one. And it's a really sad case, but it in in today's world, it, looking at it through the lens we've got, you know, it it has some very valuable points that used to be just dismissed as um, you know, two old ladies trying to get money. 
you know and and now you look at this we we have these declassified documents we have these reports now you know that said oh yeah well the, the, these are the symptoms and guess what they had and guess what they didn't have access to they didn't have access to that dirt report to say oh well yeah. i'm going to manufacture all of these sicknesses yeah, there's at least three or four different cases that I could go over right now that yep. mimic them yep. that we didn't have back in 1981. So, right. mm-hmm. yeah, it just keeps getting better. So, Brandon, what's uh, what's your final takeaway here with this case? I don't. After like watching them talk about it and stuff, I don't think they actually encountered anything alien. I do believe it was something made here on planet Earth by humans. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, mm-hmm. They ran into something they weren't supposed to. I guess maybe because it was a holiday, they put the flight pattern over that road because they figured nobody would be driving at that time of night or something. But one thing that puzzles me is, like, why did it take such an interest in them, though? Like, was it the car that triggered its AI systems, maybe, or something? I don't know. That's the one part that puzzles me. Or was it just a happy, honest-to-goodness coincidence that... maybe? You know, it's passing directly in front of them, and it its failure started. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Uh, it didn't move toward the car. It just hovered there over the tree lines for a bit, and then the helicopters came in and got it moving again. So, I don't know, man. It's 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 a hard one. Like I said, this is a weird case. It always has been a weird case. And it's an emotional case because of the wrong that was done. And, you know, just like, I think it was Betty or one of them. And I can't remember which one it was. It's on there. She's like, oh, I love my country, but I'm mad at the United States government. And that's a good sentiment. You can you mm-hmm. can love your country and still be mad at the government. Oh, yeah. I, I think people need to understand that. There's That's yeah. an, that's okay. It's okay to do that. You have, a, you have a constitutional right to do that, actually, to love your country and be not happy with your government. That's yep. that's okay. So uh, they're not and synonymous with one another, right? They're not, and that's that. Because the that's, government changes every few mm-hmm. years, and exactly, yeah. And that's you know that's one of the things she had said, and you know they were still trying to they're still trying to get money, I guess, when they died. But you know, I don't know if they ever did. That's neither. So that reminds me of people who uh, laugh at the lady who got burned by her coffee from McDonald's. I remember that. It's like, man, she she got messed up by that coffee. That's nothing I to laugh that. about. I remember that. Well, it did change things. Yeah, it did. It did change things, and uh, you know, um, the pies in particular they were they were they were lava. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. The oh, pies are now for like not half an like hour. they used to be. Mm-mm. Yeah, and therefore nowhere near as good as they used to be. I agree with you. I wanted to eat it and breathe like a dragon at the same time. Yeah, well. <laughs> but, so, uh, Ron, what's your takeaway here? My takeaway is if you guys are ever out there and you're driving down a road and you see a bright light in the sky, if that light is farther away than 500 feet, you're okay. If it gets a little closer, say 130 feet, and you can start to feel the heat from it, you want to get as far away from that as you can. Yeah. That's my takeaway from it. And I, I mean, I really do. And I'm, I'm the idiot who literally jumped out of a vehicle on several occasions now chasing lights. But that was before I knew about the DRD and before I knew about all that stuff. I won't do that anymore. And that's why I keep telling you guys, don't chase the friggin' orbs. That's it's why I'm just going to wear, I'm going to wear my dosimeter and I'll chase. You know what? No, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you a 
full body hazmat suit. We're gonna we're gonna. <laughs> and, and, a one lickable hazmat suit, so that way I can go yeah, as insane it. in reality as I feel sometimes. <laughs> I'm Joe Purdue, and I'm chasing orbs. <laughs> I chase ghost possums. Oh man, I think um, I think this case is one of those historic cases in ufology where we cannot we can't ignore it anymore, especially knowing what we know now. Mm-mm. And we have to look at it through that modern lens. We do that post disclosure lens. And, um, and it, it may have not been a, a off world craft. This may have been our attempt at trying to reverse engineer it. And they just were in the wrong place at the wrong time because somebody lost control. Yep. You got uh, to remember it was close to uh, the space center. Yeah. You gotta remember it was close to yeah. the space center, and and it very well could have. It, it might even have not been a reverse engineered thing. It could have been that engine that was developed in the seventies, and they were just like, "Hey, let's let's see if we got this practical application for it now. Let's give it a test run and see what happens." And all of a sudden, it starts drifting, and they're like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, I mean, they could no, put it in that body. It. They could have put it in that body to hide it as a UFO, guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the eighties. Sightings yeah. were happening. Remember. Lots That's of right. sightings happened in the 80s. There was. There thing was. thing called Gulf Breeze happened in the 80s. There was all kinds of sightings in the 80s. It's true. It's all so, very true. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, guys, I think that uh, that co- brings us to a close on that episode. I think this is a really, really good show. We, we touched the sensitive parts of this story and looked at it through a lens that it's needed to be looked at that I don't think very many people have. So I think it's also a good example. It may have not actually been an encounter with extraterrestrials or whatever, but you can see the effects that someone would suffer if they did happen to encounter something. So like like a a real life Guinea pig situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's well within the ethical boundaries of some of these projects. (laughs) <laughs> so so guys if you've had a sighting if you have seen any kind of strange lights in the sky or anything of that mm-hmm. nature if you've been out and about and you've had your own bigfoot sighting or seen an alien black cat please reach out to us at wildandweirdwv.com hit the report a sightings tab we want your report we want to add it to the data pool we want to be able to create a map that has all this stuff and we've been doing it so far and we've got several reports that I need to add from out of the state now. Um, So keep those coming in. We want reports from all over the country, guys. This is not, we're not just a West Virginia podcast. We're not just a, uh, we are a West Virginia based business, but this is not a West Virginia based podcast. We are a global podcast, everybody. Mm -hmm. And, and don't forget that if you are in listening to us and you're in Jamaica, because we know you're listening. I know Jamaica's out there. Hey, you guys, if you've had any sightings, send us some reports. We want to have them. Go to the link below that you see here on YouTube. It's wildandweirdwv.com. Contact us tab report a sighting. And and trust me, we will be in contact with you. It will not fall on deaf ears. If you just want to reach out to us to get on the show, if you're interested, if you have a book that you'd like to promote, or if you just want to come on and share your story, reach out to us at wildandweirdwv at gmail.com. 
uh, we're, we're pretty well always available. You know, you send us a message, you send us an email. We're going to try to get back with you very, very quickly. Also, remember to like, share, subscribe, tell your family and friends about how wild and weird you are every day because it's a great family to be a part of and we appreciate each and every one of you weirdos out there now if you really want to be a part of the party and you want to come along with us on this wild ride you definitely want to join us every thursday night at 8 p.m eastern for our live radio broadcast it is a viewer driven show we let you guys pretty much take the steering wheel and we're just along for the ride <laughs> yeah pretty much that's, that's about the best description of that is sucking and and yeah. it's such a blast you guys are absolutely phenomenal you've supported us in so many ways and we're uh we're gonna be announcing actually we may have actually already announced it time travel the Paranormal High Strangers Workshop in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So you want to be on the live show to catch that drop. Okay, everybody. Next, if you have a story that you'd like to share, send it over. You can either tell it yourself or we can read it aloud for you. It's part of our listener accounts. We don't have very many of those. We'd love to have more but they do come mostly over on the live. We get very few to read out over here on the recorded show. Yeah, it's mostly on the live. I th- I but think we'd we love to have some more over here on this yeah. side. Yeah. And, and, and leave, your, leave your comments below always as well. Absolutely. Your comments, if you, if you have anything, if you, whatever you want to say, if it's just like, hey, guys, love the show, do it. Or if you just want to mash your forehead off the keyboard and press enter, do that too. It'll be fine. I mean, I've got some marks on my head right here from from getting hit with a keyboard. (laughs) Thanks, kids. I love (laughs) you. But, uh, guys, this has been a fun show. Thank you all for hanging out with us for as long as you have. Thank you guys for listening out there all over. I'm going to give you guys a quick shout out real quick before we drop. By the way, guys, we're we're over 80,000 downloads at this point. No, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Everybody, thanks. Yeah. You guys are fantastic. That's over on the audio only side. Yeah, YouTube um, has gone up as well. Um, so yes, keep that going up, guys. Keep coming over there and joining. You're definitely gonna want to do it because we got some really cool stuff that we'll be announcing real soon. That's gonna be announced over there first. Holy crap! Our brothers and sisters down in Jamaica have climbed the poles once again. They are now in the number five slot. They, oh, man. They, they kicked Germany from number five slot Come over on, Jamaica. on the countryside, followed by Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, and the United States at number one. Wow. As always. Yes. Now, uh, we've got in our city's breakdown uh, at number one, Columbus, Ohio. Thank you, Columbus, Ohio. You guys are fantastic. Um, Huntington, West Virginia, coming in right there at a close second. Then New York, New York. You guys have been up in the top five for a while, doing great up there. Thank you guys for listening to us in New York. Uh, tell your friends. If you're riding along on the subway there in New York, um, just, you know, elbow somebody that you don't know and say, hey, you guys should listen to Wild and Weird Radio. And if they come over, okay, if somebody from New York from the subway sends us an email, wildandweirdwb at gmail.com, you can contact us and we will send you a sticker. (laughs) Then we've got Atlanta, Georgia and Lexington, Kentucky wrapping up there. Thank you guys for listening. Jamaica, the Philippines, Denmark, 
my Northman brothers. I love you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you all for listening. Y'all are awesome. So until, well, for us, it's just a couple days. But for you guys, it's till next Thursday. <laughs> Stay wild and weird, everybody. And remember, if you're ever driving out along a dark country road and you come across some kind of strange fiery ball in the sky, probably not the best idea to stop the car maybe even just do a u-turn probably for the best stay wild right everybody no selfies no selfies just <laughs> get out of there no tiktok videos oh no, no go home